Hi everyone, I'm Carla. And I'm Iman. And you're listening to Screensaver, a podcast about all things pop culture. Today, we're finally finishing an ongoing series of episodes in which Iman and I reflect on the past year to discuss and rank our favorite pop culture releases. And I think we really saved the best for last. In our past few episodes, we've ranked our top TV shows and movies, we discussed who won the year, and today's episode is all about music. We are going to be sharing our top albums of the year. Yes, the Grammys last week were technically supposed to do the same thing, i.e. honoring the best music of last year, but after watching so many of our favorite artists get snubbed, ignored, or one refused to submit his music, this conversation recapping our favorite music feels as relevant and necessary as ever, so I'm, I'm glad we're doing it when we're doing it. Yes, forgetting the awards and focusing on pure quality, 2016 was an amazing year for music. But let's just admit it, Iman, you and I, our music taste tends to be a little limited in scope. Yeah, when it comes to pop, I'm not gonna lie, the only songs I'll hear are probably gonna be in Jazzercise. Yeah, Jazzercise. <laughs> <laughs> I said what I said. <laughs> Okay, anyway, for this episode, we asked our music expert cousin and host of the House Arrest podcast, Eddie, to come on and share his thoughts with us, too. He's on the line with us now. Welcome to the pod, Eddie. Hey, guys. It's nice to kind of virtually be outside of the house. You know, I've been on lockdown as of late. <laughs> okay, so, Eddie, as you know, we've been planning this episode for a while, and in doing so... I gave ourselves a bit of homework. Um, we were each given the task of making a list of our top albums of the year. So before we dive into our lists, talk to me a little bit about what the list making process was like for you guys. Because for me personally, I'm still going back and forth with some of my list contenders. Honestly, even as of this morning, I'm not really set on mine, but... I don't know. I think I think Eddie had an even harder time. Yeah, I think. That, well, I think the most difficult part of it was I feel like the lists are very obvious, which makes you think you're missing something. Because I know that's what I kept thinking. I was like, "There's," because I'm sure our lists are going to be pretty uh, similar. Yeah. So I'm like, "There's no way that these albums were that great." And like, I just feel like so so much good so much good stuff came out that we must have missed something. So that was the hardest part. I know, it's and it's so hard to limit it to just five, because I know if it were ten, there's a little bit more wiggle room, but five is, is impossible. But anyway, we gave it a shot, and um, like previous episodes, we did start out by sharing some honorable mentions really quick with our lists, so do you guys want to give any quick shout-outs to some artists or albums that didn't make your list, but you think should have been included? I think I think my whole like bottom five is an honorable mention, I suppose. Um, okay. But I, I I think I'll just keep it more so because even at the very end of the year, we were getting amazing projects. Um, I want to give a giant shout out to uh, Run the Jewels. They mm. had an amazing album. Uh, Kid Cudi, another amazing album that I'm sure could have been in top five, but I just felt like it came out too late in the year for it to, you know, really contend with the rest of them. Um, right. Another another one is a. Uh, 
2088, the Gene and Big Sean album, which I feel like a lot of people slept on. Uh, if you're listening to this, go check it out. It's an amazing album. It's probably like the best work that Big Sean's done. And, I don't uh, think I've even yeah. heard it. It's great. I actually yeah. heard uh, that it was really good. A friend stopped me in the hallway the other day and said, hey, listen to Big Sean. And I had no idea what she was talking about. <laughs> did, did she mean Did she mean his new album or the 2088 album? Oh, she said new album. So she didn't. Oh. He has a new one? She probably meant the one that just came out last week. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. You might like it. You might like it. It's pretty inspirational. But uh, yeah, 2088, they brought Boys, Boys to Men back. So you know it's real. <laughs> huh well now i'm really interested is there anyone else on your list not that i can like there's just so many that i can't even like pinpoint but those three i think are like my biggest shout outs of 2016 well iman what about you what were your shout outs i really liked what eric was saying about the feeling like you are missing some because i kept feeling like my top four were really easy and then number five i kept sw- switching in like 10 different albums. Um, it was also a hard year for me because I I feel like I listened to the same albums over and over and over again, and there would be a few that I would listen to on repeat for like a week and then forget because more came out. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a hard year. Definitely. But yeah, there was one album that I actually thought of this morning that I really, really loved, and that was AIM the MIA album that came out around September of last year. I didn't get a chance to listen to that. It was really good. Um, I mean, I it's hard for me to say that because I haven't heard that much of her other music, but it was so... It was just... I, I, like, I'd work out to it. I'd, like, walk down the street to it. It was just listening to it over again. Uh, actually, in preparation for this recording, I was listening to it to this morning. The way her music speaks to the immigrant experience or just politics in general, it felt a lot more relevant than I think it even felt when it came out in September. Right. Um, I'd say another one that got a lot more attention, deservedly, was Solange's album, A Seat at the Table. Hmm. The the Mm -hmm. lyrics, I actually read the album before I listened to it, which is strange, but my friend had sent me the... um, little disc booklet for it so I was reading that and it read like poetry and when I actually listened to it it was it it was really moving you it it is an album that you need to be in the mood for so that's why it's probably not in my top five but (laughs) it was really good and lastly I'm gonna shout out Radiohead's A Moon-Shaped Pool yeah that came out last year right (laughs) yeah that's one that's one that I needed to shout out yeah I did it was good it was I mean I didn't listen I didn't listen to it as much as as other albums because I was low-key Lucy in the Chocolate Factory from I Love Lucy. <laughs> it just kind of like fell off the conveyor belt earlier in the year. But um, no, That might be good. the best analogy for music in 2016. Yeah, just trying to stuff the chocolates. And I mean like the sensation of seeing these sweet things and watching them fall off the conveyor belt and just knowing like I just I can't take any more but I want to. It was, it was just too many blessings falling on our lap, uh, to paraphrase Chance. Uh. <laughs> to me, I feel like it was almost frustrating the relentless pace that music kept being released because I felt like I couldn't give each album the proper attention it deserved. Mm-hmm. 
But um, so yeah, of course, I couldn't listen to everything the way I wanted to. But for me, my top three for my list were really easy. And then I just kept going back and forth for which I wanted to include as number four and five. And then I personally just kept going back and forth on whether or not to include my two honorable mentions. And when it came down to it, I just hadn't heard their albums as much as I had the ones on my top five list. So I have to give a shout out to, I I would say these are two of my favorite artists of the year, Travis Scott and Young Thug. With Travis Scott, you have a really young and really talented artist who definitely made a name for himself this year. And what can I say about Young Thug other than the fact that it seemed like he was featured in almost every song I liked this year. When you get the cosign from Elton John, and I even want to say it was like Bruce Springsteen too, like you know you're doing right in the business. Oh my gosh, I didn't know Elton John even knew about them. Yeah, he's a big young thugger fan oh my gosh <laughs> that's know, right? awesome. Isn't that amazing i want young thug to cover uh can you feel the love tonight now oh that'd be awesome okay well <laughs> you guys i think we've we've covered the honorable mentions how about we just move on to our top five lists so here's what i think we should do let's briefly share our lists first and then we can discuss them all as a whole because i'm guessing there might be some overlap is it okay if i go first do it okay so my number one album of the year and i'm gonna go starting with number one and going down to number five because i feel like the top two are pretty obvious number one for me had to be beyonce's lemonade To me, this is just a masterpiece of an album, and I kind of feel about it the same way as I did Kanye's My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, in that it's flawless and beautiful and just moves me to my core. Um, Number two, Chance the Rapper's Coloring Book. To me, Coloring Book is just an album that exudes relentless joy and warmth in a way that's so comforting. Number three for me is... A Tribe Called Quests, We Got It From Here, Thank You For Your Service. This is an album that actually also came out later in the year, and a lot of people called it the first post-Trump album. I don't know if that's what they intended when they put this album together, but it definitely feels important. And um, number four for me goes to Frank Ocean's Blonde. I heard this album a lot when it was released, and then it got a little forgotten and buried in my playlists. Kind of like I was mentioning, it was one of those albums that I just didn't give enough attention to. But I heard it again recently, and it really moved me in a way that I wasn't expecting. I think it's almost as if its more melancholic tones are better suited for 2017 than it was in 2016. So... For that, I had to add it to my list. And then finally, number five, I'm giving it to Kanye West, The Life of Pablo. So as much as Kanye the person frustrated me this year, there's no denying that there are amazing tracks on this album. I mean, you have Wolves and Ultralight Beam, and the album itself as a whole is kind of sloppy, but who knows, maybe that perfectly sums up the year 2016 as a whole. So I had to slip it in as my number five. 
Um, Iman, how about you? Do you want to share your list really quick? Yeah, my list is actually pretty similar to yours. Um, I actually gave... <sighs> Guys, I'm like ready to change my list again right now. Same. <laughs> this is terrible. Same. Um, I gave... Because <laughs> I gave number one to Chance. Nice. I... I... I mean, like you said, it was just one of those joy-filled albums. It, I just, like, fell in love with him so much as an individual and as a creative. The fact that he released it independently and um, just came out... I mean, he's younger than me, but he came out as this creative force and was doing things that I thought were really brave. Mm-hmm. Um, so I gave him number one, but he's neck and neck with Beyonce, who's my number two. Lemonade was an incredible album. The visual album that or the visual uh, the visuals that accompanied it were just so moving and united me with fellow fans in a way that I haven't had with music either in a while or period where you can talk to someone else and literally just say one word, Lemonade, and they'll know. Yeah. Um, exactly what emotions you're referring to. My number three, and this is the one way in which our lists differ, my number three is Childish Gambino's Awaken My Love. That came out super late, but... Ugh. It was made <laughs> for me. It was so good. It was so good. And I think I am having, like... I just I had the reaction to it that I did partly out of shock um, because I I mean, I'd heard some tracks off of Gambino's first album, but I, I really didn't pay attention to it. So maybe I should go back. You slept on the boy. Woo. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, but I had heard some songs and I didn't love them. Well, so it's not even that I fell asleep. It was just kind of like not 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 to like eh. hijack the thing, but it is one of those things where it's like this album sounds nothing like the other albums. Um, so, and, it's, and we all know your, it sounds like it. it sounds nothing like the other albums and we all know your, uh, oh, yeah. your background with disco and funk as at an early age. Yeah. We all know that. <laughs> um, so I can totally see why we all know I'm obsessed. I can totally see why this one connected with you as opposed to like the other one. Yeah. The second album I think is beautiful. Maybe you might want to check that one out just cause it's very high concept and like, you might just like appreciate what he's trying to do. Yeah. But. Yeah, this one was like you said. This one was made for you. Yes. No. I mean, I'm I'm slowly getting <laughs> sold on on Donald Glover as a whole. Um, but I'll, I mean, to continue on my list, I'll just go on to number four for me, which is a Tribe Called Quest's album. Uh, I distinctly remember I was the first time I was listening to it. I was forced to deplane. Uh, because there was some like I, I was in New York and I was forced to deplane because there was some like errors with the the like something was happening in the cabin and they made us get off in the rain and I remember I was listening to this music and I was like I don't even care because this music is so good and I want internet connection <laughs> right now <laughs> um, so I was, I was actually really happy about that so that's that's tribe and also I mean you said it's post Trump album. I I hope, I mean, how could they have known? And I know I've spoken with Eddie about the, like, biographical stuff that backed this album. Mm -hmm. So I I don't even know what motivations went into it, but the product itself feels amazing, relevant, and important for right now. So that's my number four. Can I pause you real quick? 
Yeah, go for it. I have a question. This came out literally like the week of the election, right? Or before, like it, it was in such an insane like timeline yes. where it's like this came out and then yeah. Trump got elected or Trump had just gotten elected and it came out. Like it was just, it coincided eerily well. Yeah, and I feel like even even their SNL performance which was on the same episode that Dave Chappelle was hosting, yeah. was the first episode of SNL after Trump. Yeah, it was. Yeah, because I went, I was in New York the week of the election. And that's when I was listening to, I was listening to Tribe a few days after. And I remember thinking like, oh, I, I'm late to the game. So I think it must have you, been. You had the Tribe spirit in you because you, you were in New York. That's where Tribe came from. <laughs> It was meant to be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was, the timing was insane for that album. Yeah. Um, but man, yeah, it was great. Um, number five for me, which I was kind of wavering a lot on, was Blonde. Um, I remember when it initially came out, I, I personally, I was really frustrated with the rollout, given that it was an album, Channel Orange. Don't start. Channel, if don't, don't if start. Channel Orange came out last year, it probably would have been. <laughs> it would have been up there on my number one or number two. It, I mean, oh, that wasn't a good album. Blonde. I was really surprised when I would hear people say, "Oh, this was better than Channel Orange," which the same friend that told me to listen to Big Sean uh, <laughs> <laughs> said she liked it better than Channel Orange, and I was shocked. Um, but I did really like Blonde, and I think I agree with what Carla was saying about how the fact that it was kind of a sadder album, or if you take a song like Nike, like that probably is going to just sadly be more relevant in this year and in this moment than it even was when that came out. But I also need to include this because... I freaking drove out to the Blonde magazine release yeah. thing. Oh my god! Because yes. Eddie told me to, and I thought, okay, <laughs> gotta do it for the homies. I'm, I'm the only one the out culture. here in LA. I gotta do it for the culture. I gotta be part of this. And I went out there, and I was standing in line, and I didn't get a freaking thing. And then apparently, I missed Frank Ocean, who visited uh. the front. Oh, I was so he, mad. He actually went there in person. He went there yeah. in person. He rolled up in his car, and it was just like because I was like, "Oh no, I'm gonna wait in line." So <laughs> shout out to shout out to Frank and Blonde for teaching me the f the rules because yeah. that was bad. Anyway, all right. So that's my list. A lot of ranting. Eddie, what's your list? Uh, so I think we're all unanimous in the top two, where it's Beyonce with Lemonade, which mm -hmm. was. But this this how I, I always look at an album and how it impacts like pop culture and just cultures in itself and like with her self titled drop that came out of nowhere like the world stopped and then with this one like not only did the world stop but the world like she actually had like the world waiting because she did like the whole like HBO tease and everyone's like what the hell is Beyonce doing on HBO a lot of people th thought it was just going to be uh you know footage from I don't know just people didn't really, you never know what Beyonce's doing um. But yeah, definitely blonde is number one. No, I'm sorry, not blonde. Sorry, <laughs> I'm thinking about Fra I'm thinking about Frank Ocean now. But uh, Lemonade is definitely number one. Okay. Um, I think the range she shows in that album is why she should have won the Grammy. She has a rock song in there. She has a country song in there. She has a blues song. And like she, she did everything she could do, and like you know didn't get rewarded for it. But that's a whole other subject. But I think mm -hmm. it just showed 
her versatility as a as a singer. And then on top of that, she delivered this beautiful like concept album, concept movie with one of the most like striking visuals that I've ever seen. Like I I I still see him when I close my eyes. So Lemonade definitely is number one for 2016. Um, then it was Chance, because Chance is the savior of hip hop in a sense, where he <laughs> he literally changed the game. Like the Grammys changed the rules because of this. How old is he? He's like 22, 23. Yeah, I think kid he, from I inner, think he's inner city Chicago. Uh-huh. Yeah, this like black this black kid. I'm gonna just say kid to drive the point. Um, but like this black kid from inner city chicago literally like stood up to like the grammys and made them change the way they look at music which we all know they don't and this out and this album helped it like made that happen so and on top of that it's just a beautiful album like uh, it's it's pretty much like gospel rap and like you have no like there's there's no issue with it i'm i listen to it all the time i'm just like this is awesome wait eddie quick question yeah was gospel rap a thing before Chance, or did he make it mainstream? I think Kanye made it mainstream when he said that The Life of Pablo was going to be a gospel rap album. Oh, true. But I, uh-huh. but you listen to The Life of Pablo and you know it's not it's not a gospel rap album. Um, <laughs> Chance is the one that embodies that, really. Um, yeah. So yeah, Coloring Book, number two. Number three is Blonde. Uh, and... Uh, I'm sorry, Lobo's like yelling in the back. I don't know why. <laughs> I think he he wants to. I think he agrees with your list. <laughs> yeah, or he might be disagreeing. <laughs> he's well, he's he's really going in. Hold on, I'm gonna go check on him. Okay. Uh, I'll be right back. Okay. Okay, so as I was saying, Blonde, and as you touched on, Carla and Iman, you both, you guys both did. Um, this is an album that when it, like I was highly anticipating. Like, y- you guys know how I get when it comes to music, and especially, especially <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I didn't eat during the whole the Life of Pablo rollout. Um, but with Blonde, uh, it was just a such a crazy journey because we had like the whole endless rollout where it's like frank ocean building a staircase which is just odd yes and we didn't and we didn't know what he was building yeah and then he would play new music and it sounded great but we couldn't really hear it and then he released that visual album i suppose to get out of his contract with apple or not apple um his label Mm -hmm. and then a day later he dropped blonde and i remember i was at work and like when it dropped like obviously i texted you guys immediately um but i remember i was sitting in the food court listening to it and just out of like the pure joy and like excitement that it was like i was like holding back tears as i was like eating my whopper junior in the food court of (laughs) a mall and then andre 3000 came on it suddenly and i remember i was walking back from my lunch to to my work and i had to i like stopped Like, that album provided, like, a lot of moments for me. But more than anything, this is an album that, like, 
we we've actually touched on this a lot of times just through text where it's like it's a very heavy album it's not it's not an easy listen but i think the more you listen to it the more rewarded you are because i was listening to it just the other night and i'm just like god i like every time i listen to it i just fall in love with it even more yeah yeah and same yeah so that's my number three my number four is uh travis scott nice birds in the cage sing, sing mcknight um I don't, I, I don't even, uh, it's just some, I, I don't think I, I was always a Travis Scott fan. I just never thought he was going to deliver this fully idealized of a project. Like there, there isn't really a song on there that I can skip. It felt really polished, right? Yeah. It felt polished without being like, you know, sometimes like a, an album sounds very polished and it actually kind of hurts it because you're like, oh, well, you definitely like use the budget for this one. This one mm-hmm. sounded perfect. And I I think Travis Scott is one of the people who are like leading the sound in hip hop right now. And it's this is going to to me, this is going to be an album that you go back and you listen to and you're going to be like, oh, you want to know what like hip hop sounded in 2010? It's this. It, it sounded like this. <laughs> so and. And this considering it was only his second album. So it's like, well, I mean, hopefully he keeps it up. I have a question. Yeah. Is Travis Scott considered trap music? <laughs> yeah. Is it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I think a lot of, I, I think what we're hearing right now is a lot of trap music, or at least very heavily trap influenced music. Um, that's what's yeah. driving the No, I just sound. feel like. I feel like an old person when I listen to Travis Scott, like an old person that's like that gets to listen to like cool young kid music. So when you're saying that he's kind of on the vanguard of what rap is doing right now, that's when I kind of feel like, ooh, I'm listening in. So you you feel like your mom. Yeah, basically. I'm like, I'm a rock you like a baby. (laughs) I'm I'm abuelita learning how to dab, basically. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, but definitely, like, Scott earned his place with this album. Um, and then number five is uh, Anti by Rihanna. Nice. Uh, this was honestly, like, <laughs> this was honestly an album that, like, I had no real intention on listening to. I had no real interest. It was just curiosity. Um, curiosity by the album cover, which I think is amazing. One of the best album covers I've seen. Um and then on top of that, it also had like the whole controversy of like the way it got rolled out where it like got leaked before Doug, Doug at title messed it up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Shout out. And then everyone the was downloading it for free, right? Yeah. Um. So, you know, it had that to it, but that alone, like I, I like Rihanna, but I never considered myself a Rihanna fan. After this, I'm, I'm a fan. Like I wanted to go see her live. I, was into it like i think it's such a beautiful piece of work especially from someone i the best way i could say it is like i always saw rihanna as like a superficial artist in the sense of like she's just she's a pop artist and she's making those popular songs like the club songs the uh the ones that are gonna get like radio play Mm -hmm. Uh, and with and with this album i feel like she actually steered away from that she decided to make a personal album and even if it's not a personal album like maybe she's not shedding too much light in her personal life um it feels like that. It's a much darker sound. It feels personal. It it feels like there's a chip on her shoulder. And like I said, there might not be because, I mean, 
I've seen a lot of Rihanna like memes and like videos and like it's like she doesn't really give a fuck about anything but with this album I think that came through the I don't give a fuck came through Mm -hmm. but also her like if I can if I can get more of this from Rihanna like I I'll put her up there as like one of the best like pop artists ever because I think we she showed us a side that we never thought was there and the and on top of that this was an album that like I said I wasn't excited listen to i it was just out of curiosity but i kept finding myself out of no like out of just like i don't know what to listen to today i'm gonna listen to anti like that was probably how like i listened to it for like three four months out of the year just out of that where it's like you just kind of fall into the album you know what i'm saying like there's always that album that you keep falling back into and you're like yo this is like a good album like this is a good album (laughs) yeah like and that's exactly what anti did for me Wow, I have to admit, I have not heard the album in its entirety. It's good. And now I feel really bad for it. I think I think it uh unfortunately it came out at the beginning of the year. So it got it got swept up by Yeah, easily, it got swallowed. Yeah, it got it easily got swallowed by the Kanye train cuz Kanye dominated like from February and on. Um, and then you just had to add on Chance and Beyonce and Frank and Travis and like every Radiohead, like every, so long, like every other, like the plethora of music that we got, you know, she got ate up by it. Yeah, she was really the early release in this whole avalanche. I think she, so. I think she was like the first like big major notable release of the year, to be honest. I think so too. But I'll have to go back and listen because you're not the first person I've I've heard that says this album is amazing. Yeah. I mean, she covers Tam she covers Tame Impala and I don't know if you guys listen to Tame Impala, but she covers them and she adds like without even changing anything to the song, she just adds like a new depth to it. Wow. No, it sounds amazing. <laughs> All right. Well, I think our lists did have a lot of overlap, so maybe we can just dive into some general questions about music in general this year. Um, One question I had that I was curious to ask you guys was this. We all agree Beyonce's album, Lemonade, is absolute perfection. My question is, do you guys think it can ever be taught? This is an interesting question because I was listening to a podcast today where somebody said, oh, I think uh, Beyonce's self-titled album and Lemonade are two two albums that we'll look back upon as the start of Beyonce's classic period or something like that. Ooh, that'd Um, be awesome. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, I was kind of surprised when I heard that because I was thinking, well, she peaked. But I don't know. In culture, it's kind of like Beyonce is even bigger than Beyonce. Like, she's almost become more of a just kind of figurehead where it's like everyone's like, oh, I love Bay, I love Bay. Like, you see all these white girls that are like, oh, yeah, I love Beyonce. And it's like, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> but, um, yeah, she's become kind of like something of a almost caricature where everyone says like, oh, I love Queen Bee, Queen Bee, Slay, like all these things that almost water down the potency of what she is sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So when I think of her topping herself, I kind of think whatever she comes out with, people are going to be freaking out about. Artistically, will it be as great as the rest? I hope so. But honestly, I think Lemonade is kind of an opus. It's like, it's just such an amazing thing. I would love to be proved wrong. But I'm keeping my expectations somewhat conservative. But what do you think, Eric? I think we're looking at Michael Jackson right now in the sense of like, he he put out classic. He he honestly has like what it's like at least three or four like classic albums, um, and I actually really like what you were saying where she became like a character of herself because I think that's an avenue that she can explore in herself and like kind of throw it in our faces and we'll be like, damn Beyonce, you're right, <laughs> and we'll be <laughs> mm-hmm. and we'll be blown away, and like and let's be completely honest, like they took full advantage of the elevator moment and created this album. Mm-hmm. Eric, do you want to explain what the elevator moment is for listeners that don't know? For our mom. AKA well, my mom. <laughs> for, okay. Oh, for, for, for my Nina, then yes, I will. I was about to be like, first and foremost, if you don't know what the elevator moment was with Beyonce, you don't be li- shouldn't listen to this right now. Um, but so I don't remember what it, I, it was like the Met Gala or something like that. And mm-hmm. Who knows who knows what happened, but Solange Knowles, Beyonce's younger sister, beat the shit out of Jay-Z. Excuse my language. But she just she just went at him. Like and and to my credit, like Jay-Z like I didn't like fight back. Like, you know how like people like try to like label him as like a thug or a goon or anything? Like he did he just like kind of took it and was just like, get get the fuck away from me, like leave me alone. And then yeah. But that and this was, a was all caught. This was all caught on a elevator security camera. Security camera. Yeah, I'm still waiting for the video where it's all like we have like the elevator music, like the while she like beats them up because that'd be great. But yeah, so that happened, and I think obviously there was some turmoil there, which I'm sure inspired some of the album, but. I think when the album was released, like they made it seem like this, there's so much going on. Like they, they wrapped us up in their world and it wasn't even their reality. If that makes sense. Like they mm-hmm. built, they built a world and like we, we dove right in it because we thought it was real. And you know, I, I, I don't think it was to an extent. Like I, I feel like these two people, like they really do love each other. And it's like with any marriage, like marriage isn't easy. Like you have to work at it and they worked it out. And then they're just like, Hey, you remember how crazy, like everyone went over that elevator shit? Like (laughs) it was really messed up. Like I still kind of, I, I still am a little mad about it. Maybe, maybe that could be like a good beginning towards like this new project. Cause supposedly Mm -hmm. we're supposed to get a Jay-Z response album, which I hope we don't. I heard about that. I hope we don't like because then it's just like really like beating the cow or horse yeah. beating the horse. It's it, it's it's kind of just riding the coattails of the success that was Lemonade. Yeah, exactly. And um, and yeah, so that that was the elevator scene. And sorry, now now I got distracted because I was just thinking about everything else. Uh, oh, her her <laughs> because her still having more truly like great albums i think she will because now she's like a madonna and i don't mean like that as in the artist but i think like she's becoming like this giant figure and i think that's why she does exactly what she does like at the grammy where she posed as like 
the weeping Madonna. Like I think she's elevating her persona to such an extreme where then she can tear it down. That'd be interesting. Yeah, I mean, she's smart. And then she has Jay-Z, who's also just as smart. And her her mom is just as smart. Like, she has an amazing creative team around her that supports her. And then on top of that, I was reading a uh, Reddit Ask Me Anything. And it was his engineer for, uh, I think, like, three years. And he engineered the uh, self-titled album. And he said, like, the reason she is so big isn't because she knows, like, what to do. It's because... She's an amazing talent, but she works just as hard as her talent, like, provides. Like, she, she, I think he was saying, like, they had a 36-hour session, like, three days. Wow. They were just, they were just in the studio. And he was, like, and at the same time, she was, like, learning dance moves and stuff. So, that's what I'm saying. Like, she's, like, the Michael Jackson right now. Like, Michael Jackson was relentless. Like, I, I remember reading a Rolling Stones piece where Michael Jackson... Obviously, towards the end of his career, when he wasn't making as great music, but still, like, would be running from studio, or not studio, but, like, there's studios in a building. So, running from Studio A to Studio B to Studio C, listening to what they have and being like, okay, I want this now. Like, kind of like, and he would, like, hum a melody for them. Mm -hmm. And that would happen. Wow. So, I mean, that shows, like, the work ethic and, like, the talent on top of that. And I think that's what Beyonce has. Yeah. I, I think, like, Beyonce has no problem, like staying up for three days to perfect her craft because in the long run like that's what makes her beyonce she seems to be like like the kobe of music exactly there you go the kobe of music um, <laughs> yeah no actually that's perfect like the kobe of like kobe misses a three at the end of the game he's gonna spend the next three to four hours at the gym just shooting threes until he gets gets them down and that's her too. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah, that's I, amazing. I think, I think we still have like a few amazing projects. Now, I don't know if they'll stand up the same as Lemonade and the self-titled album because I think those were fucking amazing and I think we're getting spoiled at this point. Mm -hmm. Also, just the time that it came out. Lemonade. We needed Lemonade the second Lemonade came out because... I mean, that was when a Trump presidency was, or at least there were like a bajillion candidates. It came out in an election year, let's put it that way. Also yeah. when a bunch of Black Lives Matter, like that came up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean. And that's how you guys touched were, on, I guess, your year in review, your last podcast. Yeah. Where you guys gave it to Beyonce where she really embraced her uh, blackness. I feel like she mm -hmm. always embraced it, but I think this is the first time that like. People this realize, is the first time but... that she made it. I think this is one of the first times that I've seen her make it like aggressively specific. Whereas before, it's like, yeah, white girls could be saying, "Oh, Queen Bee, yeah, like I love this. <laughs> this is music for everyone." You love quoting yeah. white girls tonight. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, yeah, who, who hurt you, Iman? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm just saying this is one where. When Adele gave her acceptance speech for the Grammy, she had to say, this album makes my black friends happy. Mm -hmm. Oh, she said that? Like, yeah, she said, my friends love it, my black friends love it. And some people were upset about that. But that's the fact of the matter. Like, this was made for black women. Yeah. And I love that. Yes. And I think, I think this album came out 
it was a it kind of signified a shift where she feels comfortable enough in her supremacy or her reign to be able to say, okay, I'm just going to make this just for us, and I'm not going to worry about making it for the lowest common denominator and making it accessible to everyone. So it might have just been motherhood too, where she has yeah this black baby girl, and she's all like, yo, like it was really hard for me, like that's mm-hmm. fucked up, yeah, and I'm sure it's really hard for like everyone else. Like, I don't know, maybe 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 a reality check for her, because let's be real, like, she's been living the good life for a minute now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and then, um, and it's funny, too, because I recorded another podcast yesterday, and my buddy, um, he, he was actually, like, he actually thought Adele should, like, deserve to win, which, I, in my opinion, she does. Like, I, I, I actually didn't really like the back, not that she received a lot of backlash, but, like, just... How people were like, no, Beyonce should have won. I agree, but like, don't take anything away from Adele. Adele's an amazing artist. I mean, I don't, I don't dislike Adele, and I, I mean, I think a lot of people were trying to make it like they were trying to make a competition that didn't exist between them. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of people were justly frustrated. I mean, Rembert Brown wrote an amazing article saying that um, for black artists to win album of the year, they need to make album of the decade. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, he just wrote this really amazing article about how the only black artists that have won it are like your Stevie Wonders or your um, Michael Jacksons. I think Lionel Richie won it one year. But there are just so many that haven't. And I mean, I was also listening to Wesley Morris's podcast on this and he was talking about how he and Jenna Wortham were talking about how it seemed like Beyonce did really want it. And that was what made them sad. Yeah, to me it felt like... I felt like she couldn't have done anything more to earn a, yeah. a grant. Like she did She did everything right. And the b- public reaction to it and everything was right. But you're not going to... Again, to quote the podcast I was listening to. You're not going to have people vote in an album in this day and age where... It, there's lyrics like I I like my Negroes with the Jackson Five nostrils. Is that the lyric? Mm-hmm. Or 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 he he fucks me good and I take his ass to Red Lobster. Yeah, I mean it's just like <laughs> it's it was. I guess it was a lot of people saw the Grammys as a a sad wake up call where it's like yeah there is still inequality. We're still going to see people like still good artists not to discount them it's just it is frustrating when they aren't given to quote Solange's album as a seat at the table mm-hmm. well and and touching on that and I was like getting to it um where I, I recorded yesterday and I recorded my friend mm-hmm. and uh like I said he he was 100% like okay like he actually thought Adele deserved it and the thing he said was it's because she didn't make that album for me like I couldn't relate to the album like he's all like I I think it's a good album, like I like all credit to her, but I just it, I it didn't connect with me. Now keep in mind, he actually this is kind of a weird mix, but he's like Jewish and Argentinian. Mm-hmm. Um, but he grew up in La Jolla and whatnot, and I'm, I don't want to like throw him under the bus, but like yeah, he def she definitely didn't make it for you. Like that this is an album for you, and I think that's the thing with the Grammys. It's like like don't think about you yourself like i understand like do you enjoy the music but i think sometimes you have to like take yourself out of the picture and be like 
what does this mean to to the culture? The culture, of music? yeah, yeah, culture. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, and and I was like, and I was like, I even told them, I was like, are are you part of like the Grammy board? Because I'm, I actually like when I when I worked audiovisuals at the hotel, I met someone who was part of the Grammy board. He was no, he was a nobody. He was just like this old dude that like. I like would have never guessed it was part of the Grammy board. And like I asked him, I was like, oh, so what do you think? And I was like, so who do you think? He's like, I really like Bruno Mars. I don't like Kendrick Lamar. And I was like, really? Like, yeah. and these are, I was like, these are the people that are voting on like what determines music. And obviously, like, wait, you, you know, said he didn't we, like Kendrick Lamar and he liked Bruno he, Mars. He liked, he likes Bruno Mars. He doesn't like Kendrick Lamar. Revoke, revoke his card. Oh yeah, my god! But, but that, but that shows you like who's voting for who's who's doing the voting for the Grammy. And like, it also goes back to the point where uh, your co-host Clint was making, where he was saying you could make the argument that Bruno Mars makes music for everyone, not yeah. not as specific as Kendrick does to his audience. Yeah. And that's that's actually a point that my my friend was making yesterday, where he he kind of thinks like the Grammys should be an all inclusive thing, which I understand, but I also think it should reflect the time. And he was saying that too. Um, yes. And he and for him, he was saying like you couldn't get away from hello. You couldn't like as much as you tried. And he's like, I he's all and honestly like. I didn't hear Beyonce that much on the radio. Now, keep in mind, this is here in San Diego. Like, we don't have the best radio stations. Um, even I didn't hear Beyonce that much on the radio. Like, I would probably hear Hold Up maybe, like, every now and then, uh -huh. which is a travesty. But he was just saying that. Like, And I understood his point in the sense of, like, the Grammys probably think, like, music for everyone. But I think when they think that, they're taking a lot of, like, cultural importance, like, the the importance of the time away. yeah and it's also kind of like are the grant i guess this takes us away from top music and more towards grammys talk but it's kind of like are the grammys supposed to reaffirm and award what we already know or are they supposed to be using a platform to expose artists that would otherwise that achieve it on merit but my, we might not have heard of otherwise. And when I see them nominating people like Sturgill, whoever, Strumminder, what was the guy's name? I don't even know. I don't even know what the guy's name <laughs> is. But it does show that the Grammys have a capacity to recognize artists that might not be played on top 40 playlists. Top 40, but like, let let's take into account like... Uh, Mumford. Oh, I, I just found this out yesterday or the day before. Like Mumford and Sons, Babel won over uh over uh to Pimp a Butterfly. Yeah, didn't yes, didn't Macklemore? Mackle, uh, freaking uh Macklemore's uh album. The, yeah, the they heist, won best won rap over, album won, or something over, over Good Kid, Mad City, right? Yeah, and it's like, and I don't think that's a good reflection of the times or of music. Like, I mean, I. I I guess I guess thrift shop makes sense in the sense of like every like you couldn't get away from oh god I wish I could have gotten away from that song but if you're gonna like really be like if you're gonna be like this is the best rap song and like no you can't pick Macklemore you have to pick Kendrick yeah like I'm sorry like Kendrick Kendrick 
elevated rap again like and this is me giving him a lot of credit and i have no problem with it because i will fight you nail and tooth to it but like he elevated rap back up again i'm not saying that rap before it was like shitty but he definitely like woke the rap community up in a sense of it's like yo okay like maybe maybe we should do some more like live instrumental stuff like maybe we should like you wouldn't have a chance without a kendrick Mm -hmm. like just 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 as you can say, like, you wouldn't have a Kendrick without a Kanye. You wouldn't have a Kanye without a Jay-Z. Like, you know, they all influence each other. I have a question that I think can bring us back to the lists because I think yeah. it's interesting yeah, that... we're going off. No, no. I think it's really interesting that we are talking about rap's relevancy and how artists are often overlooked, especially in the Grammys. Given the content of our lists, it's interesting that each one of us chose five rap or hip-hop leaning albums this year yeah as the top five of the year do you guys think that's a coincidence do you think it's just because rap music was really good this year in particular what are your thoughts i think it's because um rap and maybe just black music in itself um that's that's pop now I don't see any memes getting made off Katy Perry's new single. Like, you, like I always think like a good way to gauge like the the importance of a genre or a song or anything is like see how Twitter feels, see how Instagram feels, see how like the social media feels because that's honestly where you get an idea of like how important it is to people. Uh, you yeah. do get the echo chamber, which is a very negative thing, but at the same time, like it, it is an impression. Yeah, people aren't making videos of Jake Gyllenhaal dancing to something other than Bad and Bougie. Yeah, which was amazing. <laughs> that was beautiful. Beautiful moment. Yeah. But yeah, definitely. And and Jay-Z and Kanye commented on it even before, like, even like years before we even got to this point when they made Watch the Throne. Like Jay-Z said, he's all like, look, hip hop is the mainstream. Like it's the pop. It's pop music. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was at the time when um, indie music was coming up. And they were saying, like, if we kind of don't keep an eye on what we're doing, like, we could lose the throne. That's why they were saying, watch the throne. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember I was thinking about this earlier. I was talking about it with Carla about how I have always grown up around rap because of you 2 Yeah. Um, but I was kind of more of the, like hipster indie music in high school yeah and then um if we're talking popular music i feel like bachata was super in for like a hot second (laughs) (laughs) i was listening to latino usa and there was one woman that was talking she was like about my age yeah and she was saying like well it was kind of cool to be latino when i was growing up because like everyone was super into reggaeton and i was like yeah that's true everyone was into like that that was true everyone was into pitbull for a minute and then it like then rap just kind of like well i think like touching on what you're saying is like you can say that reggaeton can't like is a hybrid of like hip-hop music with latin music you could mm-hmm. say that because i mean i remember there was like we actually got bombarded with like a wave of music in the sense of uh we had hi- the hyphy movement from the bay area which was fucking was beautiful with like shake them dreads and e40 and scrapers and whatnot and at the same time um 
little John who orchestrated that whole movement, like ra- like elevated Pipple up who brought reggaeton over to, uh, to, uh, stateside. Like, you know, forget an embargo. Like you can't, you can't stop music. And then in that, in that sense, like Pitbull brought, um, Daddy Yankee and all the other guys. So like, yeah, we definitely got flooded with like world music, which I think is a very rare thing. And, you know, you kind of have to think like hip hop made that happen because hip hop has always been about the people. Just go listen to A Tribe Called Quest. (laughs) Yes. I mean, it's just interesting to see how it's like. If you just scratch a tiny bit under the surface, like the 90s, like that rap has been around forever, yeah. but where it becomes kind of the dominant language and you start hearing like, now it's like, Kendrick, you do speak my language, like that coming up, I think that definitely is a symptom of the times, mm-hmm. for one, like there's a lot of chaos and I think a lot of people, much in the way that when uh, Nina Simone wrote Young, Gifted, and Black, that was like big, it was speaking to the times, now we have... We have Kendrick and we have all these this really amazing rap music and people that wouldn't have considered it beforehand something that they'd be super into, which, I mean, you can count myself. Um, it's just kind of risen as this amazing thing. In terms of 2016 specifically, I actually listened. It was one of the first years that I got really into To Pimp a Butterfly, which came out the year before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would de- I would definitely say like the past few few years i don't know about 2016 2016 specifically obviously had a lot of good releases but i'm definitely hoping that it's not going to be like a hard out on 2016 it's going to be more of a gradient that we're going to get more coming yeah i think we're we're all making the argument that maybe rap or hip-hop is the most all-encompassing all-welcoming genre and that's why it feels the most relevant yeah i mean ask middle america and they might disagree um (laughs) that's true but but yeah it's just if we're taking middle america into account then taylor swift is the second coming of jesus and so is you know all the other ones um my god (laughs) but i I mean taylor swift didn't didn't 1989 beat kendrick yeah oh yeah people were upset about that too but what I was going to say is um, I think the biggest – and not even the foil. I want to say foil for dramatic effect. But I think the biggest opposition hip-hop had besides like pop, but then I think it absorbed pop. Because I, th- I think if you listen to a lot of pop music, you can hear like hip-hop drums within the pop songs. Um, it was rock. And like those are two very distinct sounds. And and yes, like uh, Run DMC and Aerosmith broke that wall down 100%. And I don't, I don't think anyone like is ever like rock against rap. But I think we're like, and I've touched on this before. And I'm, I know I'm going to have like on my own podcast, I'm going to have like a giant episode asking this. But like, where is rock anymore? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask the same thing. I was shocked that Radiohead was nominated for Rock Album, and I didn't... I think that was the only one that I recognized in terms of Grammys. Yeah, uh, Cage the Elephant won, which is great. Cage the, the Elephant is amazing. Um, but yeah, like, I... Like, unless... And honestly, like, when it comes to radio, I mainly only listen to, like, rock radio because they play classic rock, and I'm like, hell yeah. Um, <laughs> but, like, again, like I said, classic rock. Like, there aren't that many, like, new rock new rock bands or or performers or anything that are really like coming through the main fold i mean 
I think the biggest rock group we have right now is the XX, hmm. which all credit to them. But at the same time, like they still can't compete with like, I'm sure if Future is dropping an album tonight and I'm sure more people are going to listen to Future than they do the XX. Yeah, probably. I mean, I know I do. <laughs> and I'm just going to say the new XX album could be an album of the year. It was a beautiful album. And that's because they embraced Jamie XX, their DJ, um, sound, and he has a very hip-hop driven sound. Yes. So. Didn't he produce Good Times featuring Young Thug? Yeah, that that was on his uh on his on his own debut album. Yes. If you listen to that album, it's very like it, it's very rich with like hip hop drums and whatnot, percussion, whatever you can say. Um, I just think like. I don't know. I I think I, I know I'm like steering this off into another thing. Like I, I miss kind of like classic rock, but I just think like hip hop coming back to the thing is like hip hop is the mainstream. Yeah. But I think, but I think the mainstream doesn't want to acknowledge it. Right. Like the mainstream's kind of fighting it. Like they don't want to admit that like hip hop, hip hop drums are great. People can dance to it. Ask Katy Perry where she gets her drums. Ask, ask taylor swift where she got shake it off from like ask any of them like they there's a hip-hop influence to it Mm -hmm. i just think like it's easier for the mainstream to continue following pop because it looks nicer you can package it and sell it a lot easier than you can a kendrick lamar or a young thug or even like a, a a vince staples which i think is one of the best artists out right now you guys should check him out another shout out for me add that one to my shout out vince staples amazing okay Um, cool i think it's just easier to like continue with the traditional sense of hip-hop i mean traditional sense of pop sorry that's really interesting so i mean i don't think that'll change anytime in the future but for 2017 in particular what do you think the landscape of music will be like this year? For I example, think... is it is it going to get even more political given the state of things? Or do you have any predictions? I think, for me personally, I think because we've got such a heavy wave of like big hitters that I think 2017 will be the year of like smaller acts blowing up. Hmm. That's which a I good think, prediction. Which I think, yeah, which I think is great because honestly, like, we, we don't have that deep of a well. <laughs> like, I'm I'm always looking for the newest thing. And we definitely didn't get, like, the newest thing in 2016 because we were just so bombarded with these greats, these great acts. Yeah, everyone um, had an album. Kanye, Rihanna, Beyonce. Dr- I mean, you name Drake, it. Drake. Drake <laughs> yes. that we didn't even talk about, but is probably, like, the biggest, like, pop rap star in the world i mean he had an album like yeah we got bombarded that's true yeah i kind of i have a sense that a lot of bigger artists are going to go into hibernation i think maybe 2018 is going to be really big um because i think people are probably still processing in terms of what's going on socially right now and it, it would probably be too early for for Beyonce to come out with another album or Kendrick to come up with another album because, I mean, we didn't mention his Untitled album last year, which was pretty short but also pretty good. It was amazing. Um, it, was, it, was, it was his victory run after, you know, winning a Grammy before yeah. the Grammys <laughs> and releasing to Pimp a Butterfly. Like, it was just him being like, I did all that. 
Yeah. yeah. I'm not even, I'm not even, I don't even need to give this a name. I'm just going to throw it yeah, out Yeah, exactly. Um, but, I mean, I'd love to see something from him, but when would I not? Well, I, I mentioned this on my, my own podcast. Like, I think we're going to get a Kendrick album this year because he's yeah. performing at Coachella. Oh, That's that'd true. be nice. Yeah, and like, yes, he did have Untitled and Unmastered last year, but those were all like just demos, can, almost demos, throwaway albums, which kind of makes me mad because I'm like, these are your demo and throwaway albums. This is beautiful, <laughs> like, yeah, like, but I, I think we're gonna get a new Kendrick album this year. Um, there's murmurs of a new Jay Z album this year. Uh, I think I actually think maybe just maybe. And people say this, and it might not be true, but, like, I think maybe Rock will make a comeback in the next four years. Keep that in mind. <laughs> because Rock has always been built on rebellion, much like hip-hop. But, like, I think I think now there's something to write about, considering the Well, the maybe... I think those are good predictions, and maybe we should have you on at the end of the year to see if any of these came true. Yeah, well, hopefully. hopefully. Oh God, I would love to be celebrating a new Kendrick album by the end of the year. Yeah, um, I I feel like there's. I'm sure we'll get a new Young Thug, <laughs> uh, album too, because that guy just works nonstop. Yeah, he does. <laughs> He's kind of like yes, Future in that sense. Yeah, Future's album is dropping tonight too, so keep that in mind. Oh, cool. All right. Well, are there any other questions we want to discuss or did we leave anything out? No, I think we've about covered it. There, uh, the, I think the pull quote from this is too many chocolates coming down the conveyor line. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think that's, that's the perfect example. Yeah, so <laughs> hopefully 2017 we'll, we'll get to lean out a little bit and revisit stuff we missed. Yeah. All right, well, that wraps up this episode of Screensaver. If you listeners have any thoughts on our top albums lists or feel like we left out some obvious contenders, let us know. You can reach us by following us on Twitter at ScreensaverPod and by liking our Facebook page, Screensaver Podcast. And as always, you can find other episodes of Screensaver on iTunes. I also really recommend you guys check out Edik's podcast, House Arrest. Edik, where can people find that? Uh, we actually have a website, uh, housearrestpodcast.com. Feel free to check it out. Uh, Ooh, it's kind of turning into this, Yeah, I know, right? It's kind of turning into this multimedia pro- uh, project in the sense of, like, I actually have a pretty reliable writer who kind of gives his quick two cents on albums that come out at the time. Um and then you can find all the episodes there. You can find us at Twitter and uh, on Twitter and Instagram at House Arrest Cast. Um, but yeah, if you guys have any questions, feel free to visit the website. That's probably the best way to get in contact to us. And we are looking for other contributors, so please feel free to, you know. Well, people should definitely check that out. And Eric, thanks again so much for joining us today. We've been trying to do this for a really, really long time. And I'm so glad we were finally able to do this. It was so much fun. Yeah, it definitely was. I, I definitely got the message in your guys' uh, last podcast. I, I feel like I feel like you guys almost spoke directly to me at one point. <laughs> we did. But I'm glad we waited for this episode because I definitely think it was worth the wait. 
yeah but no thank you guys uh for having me on uh i've been a big fan from episode one and on so it's it's pretty awesome for this to come full circle so thank you guys oh well we really appreciate that thanks to everyone for listening eric we'll have to do this again soon bye bye <laughs>